I saying good morning to everyone, and I am, like you, very grateful to be at the Everlasting Life Baptist Church and to worship and praise the Almighty. Good to see you. Let me, let me just make a couple of comments here before we get into the actual word. I am I am blessed every Sunday that I am here at the ELBC. And in addition to the excellent presentation of the word, the exposition of the word, I'm also blessed by the music. I, I, I don't know about you, I, I'm impressed that a football coach is the drummer. I tell you, I'm, I'm, I, and 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 aside from that, as as I said, I I I am blessed by the exposition of the word, and I take that home with me. But I take something else home with me as well, and that is the lyrics to many of the songs by the musician who I am again, man, I'm just impressed. <laughs> note this, note this. In, in addition to I give myself away, I adore you, those songs presented in that melody by my son-in-law, who I'm quite proud of, and he is the daddy to my my favorite baby. You hear her from time to time, and she, I think she's in here somewhere. So, uh, but but note this: in all of those lyrics, note this one. It's just amazing to me all the things you do for me, and I have never seen your face. You can take that home. Yeah, in the in the old days we used to say things like, "Now that that'll preach." <laughs> yeah. All right. Now uh, I wanted to share those comments because uh, Pastor Wilson is away today, and 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 I think all of you have seen my face at least one time before, but. Uh, it's good to get the people ready for something or someone different. I am not the, re the, the Reverend Terry Wilson. Okay, so I'll be a little bit different. But God is the same to both of us. So, so we'll, we'll, I, we needed to talk just a little bit so I could get you. Okay, okay. So. Turn with me to the book of Matthew. And let's note specifically chapter 9 and verses 35 through 36. Now, I always, whenever Pastor Wilson asks me to present the word, I always tell him what it will be. I send him my notes, etc., etc., because I want to be nothing but a good person under the leadership of 
the Reverend Terry Wilson. That's all I want to be. So, 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 so you've had this scripture before as he is going through very thoroughly the Gospel of Matthew. And, and in these verses, in this chapter, in these verses, we're going to talk about power over disbelief. Now note now, power over disbelief. Uh, there's a difference between disbelief and unbelief. Okay, we hope to point that out to you. Power over disbelief, and 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 we we want our objective is to say to ELBC, there are some things we need to be doing, and we need to be careful in what we do as well. Uh, but that's 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 for us here at Everlasting Life Baptist Church. Note the scripture. This is from the this is from the King James version of the Bible. Noted reads in this manner. And Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and, pro and proclaiming and preaching, I'm sorry, the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion, compassion on them, because they fainted, and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Then saith he unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. Now, as the introduction, let me point out to you that uh, this scripture takes place on the third circuit of Jerusalem. Let's refer to it as that. Uh, the first circuit of Jerusalem, the first travel in Jerusalem by the Lord and Savior occurred in Matthew chapter 3 in verses 20 Matthew chapter 4 I'm sorry verses 23 through 25 in that passage it's noted that he was accompanied by some of his disciples in his second journey again Matthew this time chapter 8 beginning with verse 5 through 9 verse 1 at this time, all 12 of them were present, and they journeyed with him as apostles. In today's lesson, today's sermon, we look at the third circuit. All 12 of his disciples were there, and they were accompanying him in his ministry. Look at verse number 35. Let's break that down into three parts. Look at part A of Matthew chapter 9 verse 35 Jesus went everywhere and he went to all classes of Jewish people he went to places where the numbers were great and he noticed that the people endured the affairs the problems of living 
in both urban and classical village type people. He, he went everywhere, and, and I, I want to emphasize that because we want to point out that Jesus cared for all people. And, and when, you, when you read this account, I want you to keep in mind that in 20, uh, we're, we're 24, right? Okay. 2024, our, the stuff we go through, our problems, our experiences are vastly different from those in Jesus' time. But we can classify the various people as city folk, country folk, common folk, highly educated folk, highly religious folk. It was the same then as it is now. And, and not only did he go to various places, if you'll note the scripture, in Matthew's writing, he uses that word every two times. He went, every, he, he went to various people, and, and let me point it out specifically to you in the verse so you can stay along with me. Uh, give me just a second, and my eyes adjust to my screen, and I can find it. He went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease. Okay? And, and it's, it's safe to there's sickness and diseases in villages and cities everywhere. You ought, to, you ought to pay attention to the news here recently. The CDC is putting out all kinds of reports. Okay? We're away from COVID, then I thank God. But we're still faced with all kinds of stuff. You still need to be very careful in your socialization with people. And, and, and I, have, I have a brother who is a great prayer warrior. But coach, he's been hit with COVID. He's going through his fourth infection. So I told him, look, dude, wear a mask everywhere you go. <laughs> I mean everywhere. You, you, you can stay around your wife and you're okay, but when you go see the grandbabies, the kids, go to work. He's a bootleg preacher, by the way. Yeah. He, he was employed by the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Now he's with another ministry, so he's a bootleg preacher. You see what I mean there. I've said to him, even when you go out to those places, wear your mask. Now, 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 I say that because, again, we're pointing out that, that, that we, we've got to go places. You're going to see me say that again here in just a few minutes. We, we've got to go. When we're directed to go, we need to go. I'm also saying, don't go if you're not directed to go now. But, but Jesus went everywhere. And, and, and then in 35, verse 35, the B section of that verse, Jesus was attracted to all people, but he also went to the synagogues where there were all kinds of people. People there to worship, people there to sing psalms, people there to hear the word. 
he went to those central places. And thirdly, he healed everyone who came his way with a need. Here's what I like about the Lord. I can talk to him about anything, everything. Any hour of the day, every day. It, it, it does not matter. Christ loves me as me. Now, no, 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 no. Don't read nothing. In. I'm not saying I stay with that, that, that narrow phrase I just stated. He loves me. He loves me because I love him and have given my life for him. But he loves you too. And our, our purpose is to lead you in giving your life to him. He healed folk of every disease and every sickness. And I want all the so-called faith healers to hear this. He healed every sickness, every disease. There's not a one he missed. There's no missing with him. Athletes, if he throws the ball to you, you catch it. If he throws, if you throw the ball back to him, I guarantee you, he's going to catch it every time. You can throw it underhand, overhand, sideways, it does not matter. You throw your prayer request to him, he's going to take care of it. All the time, every time. But now, 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 now let's take a look now. At, let's look at the compassion of Christ. And, and, and we want you to focus that first part, all of that we said was the introduction. We want you to focus now, beginning with verse 36, on the compassion of Christ. Note this verse. But when he saw the multitudes, remember he went everywhere. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion. He was moved with compassion on them. Because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Let's talk about the things that Jesus saw as he went all these places. As he met all these folk. As all of these people brought their needs to him. He, first of all, he saw a multitude of people and he was moved by the misery of the people. But his heart went out to every one of them. The people were weary, and Matthew used the word they fainted. Now we will generally think of the word fainted and visualize people falling out from some sort of misery or uh, various sorts of people fainting. Okay? But note also the word translated fainted sometimes referred to those who are harassed. Now we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna talk specifically here in just a second uh, more about that general, that general or, or that uh, biblical, I mean to say, term of fainted as being harassed. Secondly, Jesus saw lost people as having no goal. Think of some folk in your social group, in your hometown, within your family. 
think of some folk who don't have any goals. They're lost. They're kind of wandering here and there. They're, they're looking, and they're hoping to find what they're looking for in various places. We're going to say here today, you find all of it in Jesus. Every bit of it. And, and, and we point this out because, because he says they are sheep having no shepherd. I don't know how rural you are. I am very. I grew up in a small town. You name the field, I've probably worked it. You name the animal, I've probably fed it. Okay? Sheep having no shepherd. Let me tell you something about sheep. In the country, we call them dumb animals because they are. They can find a good patch of grazing grass and stay there and eat, never look up, just continuously eat and wander. And if they're not careful, and, and they rarely are very careful, they'll wander somewhere that's dangerous as they're eating. So it's the responsibility of the shepherd, and there are great assistant shepherds. We call them sheepdogs. They are in control of watching and guarding that herd, that flock, those sheep. And, 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 and as a result of that, uh, 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 they're, they're, they continue. Paul, I'm, I'm sorry, not Paul, but David writes about sheep in the 23rd Psalms. And his words are extremely, extremely, and extremely... He's exactly right. They like calm water. Okay? And, 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 and they're never aware of danger until they're in it. So they have to have a shepherd. Jesus says he noticed these people as acting like sheep without a shepherd that were scattered abroad. Okay? Let's, 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 let's look at, at, at one more. He also says he saw, he noticed sheep having no real guides. No goals, no guides. Let's talk about people. Do you know anyone? Do you know anyone that's close to you that you're concerned about because they really don't know where they're going. You know anybody like that? No vision, no goals, no guides. Now, in the time that this writing occurred, I want you to note that according to Matthew 5, I'm sorry, Matthew chapter 9, verse 14, there was a group of people called the Pharisees. They were not very good guides. They were guides. Not very good from our perspective of living the life of Jesus Christ. Note Matthew chapter 9, verse 14. Let's go there for just a second. And uh, let me read for you that verse. Give me just a second now. 
Again, this is Matthew 9, 14. This is from the NASB Bible, and it reads in this manner. Matthew chapter 9, verse 14. It says, Then the disciples of John came to him, that is Jesus, asking, Why do we and the Pharisees okay, fast, but your disciples do not? Why don't you guys fast, is the question. I also want to stay there with Matthew. Let's look again at another verse. It is verse number 20, I'm sorry, chapter 23, verse 15. Same book, Matthew 23, verse 15. And I apologize because of my vision. I have to go slower than you realize. 23 and 15, and we find this recording. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. That's what he called them. Because you travel around on sea and land to make one proselyte. And when he becomes one, you make him twice as much a son of hell as yourselves. Okay? You're leading him astray. Okay? Sheep scattered abroad, having no real guide. But that's what he says about the Pharisees. There's another group of leaders who are really, really false leaders. There's the Sadducees. And, 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 and let's read what he says about them in Matthew 3, verse 7. Matthew chapter 3, verse 7. It reads in this manner. Hang on, just one moment. I hit the wrong chapter. Matthew chapter 3, verse 7. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming for baptism, he said to them, you offspring of vipers, who warned you to free to flee from the wrath to come? All I'm trying to do is point out to you that the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the scribes, the Bible writers, they all, they all, 
were put into a category of concern by Jesus, the true Father. He put the people in various places. Vipers, hypocrites, he called them. He noticed this as he went through the various places. And the world is the same today. Now, while we don't use such terms nowadays as Pharisee and Sadducee, let's, 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 let's talk about terms we do use. Buddhists. Hinduism. They're still around today. There is a group. There is a group of people. And, and I'm careful because I, I, I don't want to offend, but I also want to be nothing but true. I, I, let me use myself as a personal example. I've been Baptist, Brother Brian, all my life. Okay. I've had relatives, close relatives, and even a sibling of mine who have asked me, so why do you believe what you believe? Let me just cut through the chase. I have a brother, he, he, he has, he has, uh, well, he's Cooper. We love him. But he hangs out with the Jehovah Witnesses. He's that group. And so we, we're very careful when we're together. I love my baby brother. But I ain't going to bend the gospel for him either now. Okay. So a lot of times we don't talk about a whole lot of stuff. Because he knows where I'm going to go. And I'm not ashamed to go there. Okay. If you're wrong, you're wrong. When it comes to God's word. That's, let's just make it that clear. If you're wrong, you're wrong. And I'll tell you when you're wrong. Christ is the Son of God. He died on the cross. He rose from the grave. He paid my penalty for sin. I, I, I want to remind you of how, how sacred that is. Uh, listen to the, the lyrics of this song. And, and the song is entitled, Lord, I lift your name on high. It's for you music folk. It's by Rick Founds. I know you've heard it here at ELBC. Note the lyrics. You came from heaven to earth to show the way from the earth to the cross. My debt you paid from the cross to the grave. From the grave to the sky, Lord, I lift your name on high. That's the compassion. That's the compassion. And, and, and we, our challenge is to understand that compassion, to mimic that compassion. And mimic may be the wrong word there, to show that same compassion as we deal with people and their problems, their concerns. But now look at verse 37. Jesus says quite 
simply. Then saith he unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Now here's where we come in here now. Okay? We're the laborers. Okay? Shame on us. Shame on us. If that, because let me let me let me share this quote with you. This is from a Christian, one of my favorite Christian commentators, uh, Charles Phillips. And and he says, give me just a second here to adjust so that I can see see what I'm doing here. The laborers are few. Uh, I'm not finding it on my iPad, so let me let me paraphrase what uh, John Phillips says. <clears throat> there are still millions that are untold, still millions we haven't reached, and there is an equally large number of people who do not have God's word in their native language. We've got work to do, is what Phillips is saying. And shame on us if we're slipping in that labor. You with me? Here's the solution. Okay, so keep in mind now, we've pointed out, Jesus saw these things during his time. These things are still present Right now, the problem is we have few people to go out as they are sent by the Spirit of the Lord. And, 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 and here's the solution. Pray ye therefore. This is verse 38. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. Pray about that. Pray about that. I want to point out to you uh, a, a scripture that uh, I think many times Christian leaders tend to overlook uh, because we focus so much, and, and that's our focus should be on laborers, on witnessing, in bringing folk to Christ. That should be our focus. Once, once the labor pool is established, we have to remember, let me just be frank with you, everybody's not a preacher. Okay? Everybody's not a preacher. Let's remember, everybody can't sing. And so I'm, I'm again. I'm just being frank with you. If you can't sing, you don't need to be up here leading a song. I'm, 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 I'm not, I'm not trying to be critical, okay. I, I have some things that I can cook, I believe, very well. And I don't try those things that I know I ain't never cooked that before. My favorite cake is Italian cream. Vanessa can make it very, 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 very well. 
I don't even try. There are some things that you need to accept as being outside your work of ministry. You have a gift. Pray to the Lord about concerning your gift and go where he tells you to go, when he tells you to go regarding that gift. Turn to Acts 13, 13. Acts chapter 13 and verse number 13. And let me, let me show you what results when we do not follow the direction of the Spirit. Acts chapter 13 verse 13 reads in this manner. Now Paul and his companions, he had several people with him, put out to sea from Paphos and came to Perga in Pamphylia. Note this next portion of the verse. So they're going out in ministry. But John left them and returned to Jerusalem. Now that's not the apostle John. Okay? I'm going to leave it at that. I, I, I'll challenge you Search your scripture to see who that was. There's, a, there's also a second name to his name, John, okay? That's not Saint, Saint John. That's not the disciple John. That's not the, the apostle John. But there was one on Paul's team. He left, went back home. It's better, it's better to go as the Spirit directs you to go. If the Spirit has not directed you to go, you wait until He does. We're almost finished here. I'm almost done. So, so let's talk about uh, the application of all this to all of us. Okay? You notice that the verses began with the fact that Jesus went everywhere. Okay? And he saw people in need. And he had compassion on these people. Now let's apply that to us today. There are three things that as believers we need to do as members of this labor team mentioned. Three things we need to do. First of all, we need to visualize, we need to agonize, and we need to evangelize. Now, there's another passage of Scripture I want to uh, refer here, refer to here, and it's, it's a long passage, so I'm just going to give you specific verses, okay? And, and, and on, on your own time at home or in your study, etc., you can turn to this passage and its entirety is from the book of John, chapter 8, verses 1 through 11. And it is, it is uh, the, the actual account uh, of a real person, of course. And, 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 and as I said, I want you to read that at home. Uh, and, 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 and going with that, I want you to read Mark chapter 5 
verses 1 through 20. Long passages, and because of the sake of time, I shall not read the entire passage for you. Uh, but in that, remember, our direction, visualize, agonize, evangelize. See the people for who they are when we say visualize. I'm not saying, I'm not saying present yourself as, oh, I'm, I'm saved, so I'm better than you. Oh, no, 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 don't go there, no, no. We used to be just like them. The only difference is, the only difference is, we turned our lives over to Christ. But remember who you were before Christ. You were somebody. And you ain't forgot it either. Let's look at, let's look at Legion, for example. He's in Mark chapter 5, verses 1 through 20. I want you to pay attention to verses 2 through 5 and note the deplorable condition of this man, Legion. Verses 2 through 5 of Mark chapter 5. Note his deplorable condition. Look at verse 7 and note that while Legion was demon-possessed, he immediately... He immediately recognized Jesus Christ. A demon-possessed man who immediately identifies with Christ. Okay, think about that now. That's, that's verse 7 of Mark 5. I also want you to note Legion's desire after Christ was through with him. After Christ led him. After Christ removed the demon from this person, note, he wanted to go with him. Think about that now. He recognizes Christ in his demonic state. Christ blesses him through the removal of this demonic possession, he decides, I want to go with you. Well, I love that. But note also, note also, verse 18. Legion's desire was to go with him, verse 18. But note also 19 and, 21, 19 and 20. I want to go with you, but note the instruction. Note the instruction. So I share with you, when we see Christ, when we see people, we need to see them as they are. We need to remember we used to be there. Okay. Let me tell you something. I used to be the biggest liar in Weatherford, Oklahoma, at Southwestern Oklahoma State University. Okay? And and, 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 and and honestly, I'm, I'm shy. I really am. But if, 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 we're, if we're talking and, 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 and I like having you as a conversational piece, I'm going to spout some lies. Male and female, I'm going to do some lying. 
So, so, so when you see me at ELBC on Sunday mornings, I got my head down. I, I'm, I'm going to talk to people that I know, but I ain't going to talk a whole lot. Because I don't want nobody to say, oh, that lying rascal. Let me close it here. Let me close it here. I want you to turn to Psalm number 10, verse 17. This is our closing. Psalm 10, verse 17. When the church has done its job, when we have followed the direction of the Spirit in this process of laborers in a harvest that's plentiful. One of the things we have to remember is the melancholy of the respect of times and the deplorable conditions should excite us and should encourage us and quicken us in our prayers. When you see distress, when you see people in need, when you see deplorable conditions, that ought to quicken you to pray. And not only quicken you to pray, you need to adapt your prayers for the present and the urgent need presented by the church, by the word of God. It's a good sign We'll look at the psalm scripture here in just a second. It's a good time. It's a good sign, I mean, that God is about to become in some special way merciful upon a group of people when they are stirred up with this compassion. Note 10.17. Lord, you have heard the desire of the humble. You will strengthen their heart. You will make your ear attentive. This verse continues to express the calm confidence of the psalmist, David. God will not abandon the poor and the needy, but will help Bless them. David does not say, let's read the verse again, you have heard the desire of the humble. David does not say, <clears throat> thou hast heard the prayer of the humble. What David says, what David says, thou hast heard the prayer of the humble. He means, he means, David means, but he also means, David means you have heard the prayer of the humble, forgive me. David says you have heard the prayer of the humble, but what he means is a great deal more. Sometimes, this is my closing statement, sometimes we have desires that we cannot express. They are 
too big, too deep. We cannot clothe them in our common language. There are times as well we have desires which we dare not express. We feel too bowed down. We see too much of our own lack of merit or worth to, to venture near God in any manner with these desires. We have things that we need to pray for, pray about, but we don't always do it. That's what I'm saying. Note this. The Lord hears the desires when we cannot or dare not turn it into an actual form of prayer. My father knows all about me. We laughed a moment ago when I said, uh, I am a liar. I have been a liar. He, he has blessed me uh, to clean that up, to communicate with people regarding love of the gospel, to communicate with people concerning turn your life over to my Father. The Lord Jesus hears the desire when we cannot or dare not turn it over to him. He hears, he knows, he will respond. God bless you. Let's pray for a moment and uh, Father we thank you we thank you for who you are we thank you for what you do and we praise you as well as thank you for what you've already done you took us you saved us You've sent us various places. You've also forgiven us. All of us, those of us who have turned our lives over to you and those who are still looking. You've had compassion for every one of us. We thank you. We pray, Lord, that you would touch the hearts of folk who are here now. We pray that you would convict them, whole Holy Spirit, and lead them, encourage them, guide them to walk and to present themselves to this man, to this woman, and accept you as Lord and Savior. We thank you for all who you are and what you've done for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.